Well, good morning, New Life. I want to add my uh, blessings to all of you who are moms, some of you who had or have breakfast or brunch in your future, and others of you who have uh, baseball, uh, some of you who have supper, and some of you who have soccer or softball or lacrosse or any of the other 18,000 activities that you are coordinating for your families uh, today. Um, and just bless all of you. Um, I want to encourage you in, in this. I was thinking as, as Olivia was up here, and I'm not even a mom, right? And I had to take my glasses off. I'm wiping my eyes out. I'm not even a mom, right? That song's not even for me today. But I just want to encourage you today, right? Go through your phone. Go through the contacts that you have in, that, in your address book, right? And, and reach out to somebody this morning, right? I mean, after you reach out to your own mom, right, if she's still with you, right? Reach out to her. But if there are other women in your life who have been a mom to you, right? I want to just encourage you. Just shoot them a message and just encourage them, right? Because I think as Nathan said, and I love how, how he presented this, right? Like you don't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different mom functions, right? I lost, my mom passed away when I was 15. I had, I can give you right now the, the, the names and the faces of, of different women who in my life functioned in that role, right, where I was not their son, but they adopted me in as if I were. I just want to encourage you today when you're sitting right outside enjoying this beautiful day, if you have an aunt, right, or somebody who was like an aunt or somebody who was like a mom, shoot them a message today, right? Just reach out and, and encourage that way. Um, encourage them today. So th- for those of you um, who were here last week, I'm, I'm going to just tee you all up here in just a, in just a minute. But again, if you're just visiting or, or most of you know, I mean, we are almost at the finish line here of reading through the story together, this um, chronologically arranged version of the, the Bible going through Scripture and, and putting it in an order and, and really trying to make it um, that, that sequence accessible for folks to be able to understand um, and we haven't really talked about this in a little while, but the, the reality of God sort of always working, this upper story and lower story coming together over and over and over again. And, um, you know, my group continues to be woefully behind here, but uh, again, almost there. And so this week, I want to continue on throughout the New Testament uh, with the Apostle Paul. And last week, if you were here you remember we talked about, I think there was something like 33 chapters in five different books of the New Testament. It's just like a crazy amount of uh, reading to try to get through. And this week's not quite as much, right? I think it's 16 chapters, right? But you're talking 50 chapters of the New Testament in, in two weeks. I mean, that's a lot to cover. Um, but I want to pick up a little bit where I left off last week with some of that same thinking. And so I'm curious, um, last week I talked about Paul as a master builder using these same foundation stones over and over and over again, whether he was correcting a church or encouraging a church, whether he was planting something brand new or he was um, sowing into something that had been going on for a little while, and talked about really five core ideas, right, that you can see in pretty much everything that Paul wrote. And so I'm curious, if you were here last week, does anybody remember one of those? 
one of those foundation stones that we talked about. Scripture alone, Christ alone, faith alone, grace alone, right, to the glory of God alone, right? And so those five stones really show up all throughout the New Testament. And, and what I want to submit to you is that, you know, today as, you, as we wind down in the book of Acts, as you look at the book of Ephesians, as you look at Paul's letter to Timothy, who he considered a, a dear son of his in the faith, that the same ideas keep popping up, right? And so now we're looking at Paul, not at the beginning part of his ministry, like he was last week. This is a little bit later in his, in his ministerial career, right? So in, in, in Acts, at the end of Acts, right, in, in chapter 20, he's on his way back to Jerusalem, right? He's going to stand trial, right? He's ultimately, it's going to be that that springboards him towards, you know, being imprisoned in Rome. But he, but he makes a stop in, at the church in Ephesus where he had spent three years of his life. You talk about being together day in and day out, right? What Linda just mentioned, and it's really interesting, if you look in, in Acts 21, at the very beginning of that, Paul's companions who are traveling with him on this ministry journey literally use the word picture, after we tore ourselves away, we got on with things, right? That there was such a level of relationship, there was such a level of what Paul had sown into them, that they didn't want to let him go, right? And he told them point blank, like, we're... I'm, I'm not going to be back here again. And so he had to tear them away, right? But we have a capture that reflects some of his relationship with that church in the letter of Ephesians, which is one of the places where I want to try to anchor in a little bit today. And you can see his heart for them. Nathan shared this this morning out of Ephesians 1. And so you can see so clearly Right, Paul's heart for them, and we can see in Acts their heart for him of literally not wanting to let go of him. But the other thing that you see, and I want to just, again, I, I want to go dive back into some of those same foundation stones because they keep showing up. Right? And so even though we're going to look at Paul, I'm perfectly content today to function like Peter who in his letters said, you know what, I take pleasure in reminding you of things that I know you already know. Peter didn't feel compelled to have to come up with something new every time he wrote. He said, listen, I'm fine just reminding you and encouraging you and spurring you on in things that you know and have heard to make sure that you keep running in that same direction. And so those same foundation stones that I highlighted from Paul's letters last week, I want to highlight again this week. Right, this idea, I'm going to take these a little bit out of order. Right, but the idea of Christ alone, and you see this in Ephesians, we're going to look at this here in just a minute, Christ alone, that Jesus Christ is the only basis 
the only way on which ungodly men like me, and don't take offense to this, but ungodly people like all of you, it is the, he is the only basis on which we can have relationship with God the Father. And Paul's pretty clear about that over and over and over and over again. And that the way that we do that is through faith alone, right? That we receive, right, the redemption that we were singing about this morning. There is one way that we lay hold of that. And Paul writes about this over and over and over and over again, right? That's through faith alone. That that entire salvation that we have access to is only possible because of God's grace, right? That there is literally nothing that we can do. It's entirely from him and of him and by him from before we begin, while we're trying to walk by faith, and until we finish, all of that will be by grace alone. And the reality is that if all of that is true, if it's only Jesus and only by faith and only by grace, then there is only one person who is worthy of glory in that whole entire story, right? And that is Jesus. And how do we know this? This is the second part of what I want to look at a little bit today is because Scripture alone is the basis upon which we build our lives. Why? Because we believe that it is literally from God. And again, Paul talks about this over and over and over again, not just to the Ephesians, but to the Galatians and the Philippians and the Colossians, to the church at Thessalonica and the church at Corinth, Right, all throughout the New Testament, right, he commends different bodies for receiving from him the words of God. Not Paul's words, but you can see clearly Paul knew that what he was carrying wasn't his, that it was God's, and that they received it as such and built their lives on it as such, right, that the Old Testament Scripture and the New Testament Scripture are from God. And the final answer I like to think, right, that you all could trust me at my word, standing up here on any given Sunday, that we can take Nathan at his word or Greg at his word or anybody who's up here, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Un unless, what the, unless the word that I'm carrying or Nathan or Greg or any of you is in fact aligned with Scripture, it really doesn't matter what you think or say, right? It doesn't matter if you agree or not, right? Scripture alone. And so all of this truth, right, that we're talking about, we can stand on because we believe that, right? That, that Scripture alone serves that authoritative place in our lives. I want to look at two different areas today. I want to go back to exactly where Nathan was this morning in Ephesians 1, uh, and ultimately I want to land in, in Ephesians 2, but these, I want you just to listen as I read through this again this morning. I'm just going to read this first part, and then we're going to dive in in Ephesians 2, but just hear 
of those five foundational stones, and I said this last week and I'll say it again, I am not in any way suggesting that these five pieces are the, the full extent, right? There is other doctrinal foundation stones that matter. All I'm saying is that these five, Paul hits on over and over and over again. And so I want you to listen, right? Scripture alone, Christ alone, by faith alone, through grace alone, to the glory of God alone. And I just want you to listen. Close your eyes as I read this. For those different foundation stones that are in his intro to the Ephesians. I'm not even going to go all the way through chapter 1. So he starts to them, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in in his sight, In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head. Did you hear any of those? Those foundation stones? What did you hear? What'd you hear? Christ alone. In him, right? In him, over and over. In Christ alone. In him. His blood alone, right? In him. What else? Grace is all over that. All of that is according to the glorious grace which he's, I love this word, lavished on us. Right? To the glory of God alone. Right? And he keeps going, right? So that's a little bit of just the appetizer here. If you're going to, if you've got your Bible or if you're going to take notes, get your pencil out or your pen or however you mark this up. He keeps going in chapter 2. So in chapter 2, he says this, As for you, church, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived according to them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. All of us. All of us. Following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were, natures, we were by nature objects of wrath, Right? Perk your ears up here. But because of his great love for us, God, 
who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Get your pencils ready. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. All right. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. Almost four of those five foundation stones are all in that combination of verses. Right, he throws into the mix here at the beginning the context of all of this. He opens up a little bit of the why in, by pointing out that all of this is rooted and grounded and established in God's great love for us. And that ultimately, look in verse 8, it's by grace you've been saved. This is the exact same thing you wrote in Romans that we talked about last week. Go back and look at Romans 3, 20, verses 21 through 23, right? This is all by grace. All of it, right? Grace that started before the foundations of the world before you even thought about, thinking about, expressing faith in the work of Christ, God was already lavishing on you grace. That by faith, through faith, we could be saved. I got curious about this, right? I went back and I looked. These two concepts, grace and faith, Paul literally talks about in every single letter in the New Testament that he wrote. The word grace here that he's talking about, the word faith here that he's talking about, they show up in Romans, both letters to the Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, both, Thessalo both of the letters to the church at Thessalonica. Right? They show up in both letters to Timothy. They show up in Jude. They show up in Philemon. They show up right, in Hebrews, which we don't even know, but it sure as heck seems to fit. Every single letter that Paul wrote to every church in the New Testament, he talked about these ideas of our faith, or our salvation, excuse me, our relationship and the possibility of that being rooted in these two ideas. By grace through faith. It is in every single letter. Right? You know, throughout the Gospels, when Jesus would say, right, verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, he was doing that to try to get their attention. Right? Paul talked about this over and over and over again. Do you think this mattered to him? Right? And if what he was carrying was not his own words, but God's words, do you think that this idea matters to God, that this be something that we lay a hold of and, and, and put into place and build lives on? 
I genuinely do, right? To the point of all of you thinking that this is a ridiculous repeat of last week's message. I think this really matters. That if we're building, right, Paul talked about this, if we're building on a foundation other than that which has been laid and only Christ can be the cornerstone, right, his admonishment was you better be careful how you build. I don't think he was talking just to other apostles, right? I don't think he's just sitting around with Peter and the, and the rest of the crew being like, guys, listen, we really got to be careful how we do this. I think those, those conversations were probably happening. But as we build our lives, as if you're relating, if your relationship with the Lord, if you're building that on something other than grace through faith, you got to be careful. Right? And this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Right? Again, we talked about this last week. We, on a regular basis, I won't speak for all of you, I, on a regular basis, dramatically underestimate my condition because of sin. I am, I am broken, but guess what? It is worse than that, right? Paul talks about this over and over and over again, being dead in our sin. We don't like to think of ourselves that way, right? But if I'm dead in my sin, I can't help myself. And so my salvation can't be from myself. It can't be from any of you because you're dead in your own sin, but Christ. And because of him and him alone, right, I can't boast in anything that I do. And, and for some of us, right, that's the rub here is, right, I do enough of the right things on a, on a regular enough basis, but it also means that you can't screw this up so badly to disqualify yourself. Your salvation was never going to be by you in either direction, because of what you do or because of what you don't do. Right? Now, Paul talks about this in Romans, right? If grace abounds where sin abounds, should we just sin more? Right? He settles that. Go take a look back in Romans. He covers that argument as well. But the, the reality is that all of this is rooted and grounded only in Christ. And because of that, he is the only one. Right? It's why we don't worship the people who are on stage. It's why we don't worship, right? It's why we don't worship anything other than Christ alone. There is one, right? Again, Nathan talked about this this morning in Revelation when John, all of, you know, all of heaven is waiting. I don't want to say panicked, but it doesn't look good, right? Nobody is worthy to open the scrolls save one. Just one. And if there's only one worthy, then there's only one to be worshipped. Amen? Amen. The other piece, 
I want to flip over here into the book of Timothy. And again, he, Paul talks about this in both letters to Timothy, his dearly loved son, this idea of grace and faith. But in 2 Timothy 3.16, and while you're flipping there, I would just encourage you again, I, I always want to be encouraging folks, if you're not sure what to look at, if you're in between devotionals or studies or things like that, right? 2 Timothy 3.16, right? Just read through Scripture, different books of the Bible, chapter 3, verse 16. There are some profoundly impactful verses, right? John 3.16, 2 Timothy 3.16, right? Romans 3.16, right? Sort of a fun, you know? But that, this last foundation stone, and this is familiar to a lot of you, I know. Paul's writing to Timothy. He's trying to encourage him, right? The context here in my Bible is Paul's charge to Timothy in this context of godlessness in the last days. And Paul's reminding him of this reality. I'm going to pick up in verse 14, 2 Timothy 3, 14. He says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of, it's the same idea of what you have faith in because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, right? Paul talks about earlier about Timothy's mom and his grandmother who had imparted to him faith through the Scriptures. And Paul is calling him back to remember that which his grandmother and his mother had imparted to him along with what Paul had added into the mix, right? You've known the Holy Scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All of that Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture alone, right? And I want to I challenge you. I want to encourage you, right? You can go back. You can listen to last week. You can listen to this week. Right? You can listen to any. I mean, there's, there's literally hundreds of messages. But at the end of the day, right, the, the authoritative voice in our lives right, is right here. It's right here, right? That even these foundation stones that I'm pointing out, these are not out of thin air. Those are in here. Not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, right? If you want to talk about by faith alone, go back and reread in the book of Genesis about Abraham whose faith is what was credited to him as righteousness. It wasn't what he did. 
by grace, through faith, right? Abraham laid hold of a righteousness that was outside of himself. This is not just a New Testament concept. You know, I think one of the reasons why it's so important for this last foundation stone, this idea of, of Scripture alone being the authority, because here's the reality, guys. The, the question is going to come. It came in the garden, and it came in the desert, and it comes to us still today. The question is, did God really say? Go back and read in Genesis, in the garden, the question from the enemy was, did God really say? Yeah, he really did say. When Christ is in the desert, right, did God really say or didn't God really say? Right? We've got to have a foundation, an anchor to believe right, that there is something that we can trust in. Apart from ourselves, apart even from each other. Right? To know that we know that we know you know what? Yeah, God really did say this. He really did say that his grace would be sufficient. He really did say that by faith we could have relationship in him, redemption through the blood that Christ shed, that this isn't all made up. God really did say. And we can stand on that, on the things that he's already said. as we build lives individually, as families, as a church. Over and over and over again, Paul talked about this. This starts and ends in God, through Christ. Let's build that way.